So what's up everybody? I'm Popping Marco from Robot Mafia. I, I'm here on behalf of Funkin' Focus, Dance and Dialogue, and on behalf of Urban Artistry Preservatory Project. And we're interviewing today Sensei and OG T-Bugs from Chicago representing Robot Mafia. So what's up everybody? It's good. To, everything is good with you, Sensei. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Cool. So we're recording this interview. Just want to ask if it's everything okay with you. Okay. Yes, everything is okay. Record away. Really great. So first of all, I got to say thank you for being here with us. Thank you for giving us your time and your knowledge and just going straight to the questions. Okay. First question uh, is, tell us a little bit about your family upbringing and how this education and how this background influenced you. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, family, nothing special, you know, had a mother, couple of brothers, you know, grew up all together and, you know, we had a lot of fun, cracked a lot of jokes in my family. I'm like the uh, the only dancer cool. in my family. But uh, my mother has always supported me in my dancing. So she never like told me to like, give it up. You're wasting your time, son. So she's always been behind me 100% in my dancing. So that's, uh, that's cool. And, and then, but my family, we did listen to a lot of music. Music was a big part of uh, our upbringing. Like, so that's what kind of got me going. Cool, cool. So you were the only dancer in your family, but you had any family members who were musicians or any kind of artists who influenced you? Uh, no, no, like I was like, well, you know what? Uh, a long time ago before my mother became pregnant she uh she was a singer cool and so i guess i got the entertainment entertainment buff from her and then uh now that i think about it my brother he was a rapper for like about a couple of weeks i don't know if that counts <laughs> and then and then he gave it up so right now my nephew he's carrying on tradition he's 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 a rapper so cool so we have a little slight entertainment thing happening with the family. It's a family thing. So, mm -hmm. and since we're talking about your family and your first background, tell us a little bit in general, like how was your cultural background in your in your city when you were growing up, and how how the music and cultural scene influenced you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, with the whole cultural seeing like I said before like the music uh was a very very big part it was like the culture and the music went together so back when I was like coming up we had like say you know the funk scene was you know was really big like we you know like I came up like 
uh, James Brown was happening. Man, we had like say, you know, all the folk bands, you know, the 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 Zap, you know, the Rogers, the Gap bands. It was so many great great bands, and the music was so funky. It was it was like I put it like this: the music was like the soundtrack to life that was happening back then. So it meant a great deal, and it influenced us a whole lot, even down. Uh, to the dances, even before popping came out, because before popping came out, I used to be a, a bopper or a stepper. And we would step to a lot of the James Brown stuff, which you know, real, uh, real funky. And then the '80s hit, and that's when I kind of that's when I switched over to popping. Nice, and you you talked to me once on how you were a step dancer before you knew popping, like in '81, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was stepping. See, the thing is, I was stepping like way before I was popping. I was, I was stepping. Man, I'm about to go way back. I was stepping like uh, way back in like 77, 1977. So, you know, and that was my thing. It was like doing a lot of footwork and everything. So back in them days, it was two dudes be doing it together it was like a real powerful thing because you be, so then the popping came and changed the whole damn game man <laughs> cool cool and since we're talking about how you grew up and your life before popping and uh, what you were doing before popping how growing up specifically in chicago influenced you as a person and as, a, as an artist? Okay, well, uh, I'll say like Chicago influenced me as uh, far as like, like, you know, like I said, like with all cities, man, you know, when you live in a big city, you know, it's tough, it's dangerous, it's fun and all, all that type of stuff. So, you know, learning how to survive out here, you know, like just kind of, Bouncing around in between the lines, staying out of trouble, but kind of walking that that line. Uh, the one thing, like I say, like Chicago, kind of definitely showed me: you got to be independent, man. You got to go get it for yourself. Ain't nobody gonna do nothing for you. So, when I want to do something, especially just starting with the dancing, when you know I had to go do everything myself. I had to teach myself until I found a mentor, but it was a lot of like, it just taught you a lot of uh, how to be independent. And it showed me that, that you really have to work in life to get the things you want. They're just not going to magically drop in your life. And that's one of the things that I appreciated. Like people say, T, you got all, people say, T, you got all the breaks. No, I didn't get a damn break. I made the break. Whatever break I got was made. Nobody gave me nothing. Everything was earned. So that's the lesson, my main takeaway that I got living in Chicago. And it was a great lesson. Cool, cool. Words of wisdom here. And well, now we're talking about how you became independent and how growing up in your background made you an independent person. And let's talk a little bit about your independence in dance, technically speaking. Tell us a little bit about your personal style, the Egyptian bang, and 
give us a breakdown about this style, like how it came, how how it came to how what were your influences to creating it, how you made it up. Okay, uh, all right. Well, the uh, the Egyptian bang is a combination of like all the dance styles that I've ever learned, like from the stepping to the popping and the locking, the animating, animating and everything. I put that all inside of the bang. And first, let me make sure that I say uh, my mentor, uh, JD3PO, is the one who first taught me the uh, just original style of touch. You know, just he taught me that, and that gave me the foundation for, for, to throw everything on top of that. So now, what the Egyptian bang is, as I uh, break it down, it's anime, animation, animated hits, waving, uh, footwork, robotics is in there, uh, snakes in there, cobra python. So it's like a it's like what you call a big mixing pot of styles melted all together as one. But like I tell everybody, once you learn the secret to popping, anybody can do that. Because there's, there's this one string in popping that holds it all together. And once you get that string, you can create your own thing. And that's why I try to tell everybody, you create your own thing. So what I did, it's nothing special. You can create your own stuff. Once you understand that one thing about popping, and I'll tell everybody right now, that one thing is the whole idea of popping is to look unreal. And if you can do that, you can do anything in that style. Boom, 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 crack. You're like, well, I don't like touch, T. Well, I'm going to do something else. Just make it look unreal. And that's the whole key if you want to like kind of like work on your own style. That's the string. They call it the String of pearls that holds everything together. Nice, nice. Wow, that's too much wisdom. So you talked a little bit about JD3PO, that was uh, he were your mentor, your teacher, mm -hmm. and now we want to know a little bit more about your biggest influences and inspirations in popping and art in general. Like if you had any other teachers or things, characters, or anything that help it build up your, your identity as a dancer. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to be brief because I've, I, you know, I've been uh, very, very lucky to have like a whole lot of great mentors and teachers and inspiration. So I'll start with the first one, uh, JD3PO. That was like uh, my first one, Shabadoo. Uh, he inspired me a whole lot because that was like the, he was the first popper that like, well, I should say dancer. The first dancer I saw on national TV every week, he was on channel five out here. And it was a, it was a, uh, show called the big show. So I was like, wow, you can, you mean that you can, you can actually go out and be on TV shows and make money. Oh my goodness. So that really inspired me. And then, uh, you know, popping taco, popping pee. It's so many inspirations, but those are like uh, my main ones. And then, uh, then other teachers, 
And I'll tell you like this, um, really, I learn from everybody that I see. See, everybody, everybody that I see, I learn something from. I watch a beginner, I learn from them. I watch the expert, I learn from them. So everybody is like my teacher. And, uh, but I want to say this also because uh, I got lost for a little bit with my dancing. And I was like, oh man, I feel like I just hit the wall. And so I ran into Slick Dog and he helped like re like help reinvigorate and refire me up because he taught me uh, some things like, yo, T, you gotta like, you know, you gotta update your popping, man. And I was like, what you mean, dog? So he helped me a great deal with that. And that like just uh, shot me forward. So I just wanted to uh, get that out there. But once again, man, it was so many influences, man. It's like, I would, it would take me an hour if I went. So anybody that I missed, anybody, I'll put it like this in a nutshell. Everybody I've been around, everybody I've seen has inspired and influenced my style. And that would include you too, sir. Thank you, bro. That, that's an honor. Just got to say that. And well, you'll talk a little bit about feeling like you hit a wall for some time. And right now, people are really recognizing your contribution, really recognizing your history in dance, like you're a double OG officially. And I want to know a little bit, how was it for you to be back in the spotlight and how it feels now to have some light shed in your work after this, this time of being like in the shadows or something like that? Okay, well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, let's see here. Let me, break, let me break that down into segments. So one thing for me, like say, OG, to, to me, this is me personally, it means old guy in the game. So I can dig it. Uh, and then as far as like actually, uh, the success that I'm having now and sort of being recognized, you know, it's like this, man, even though they, that's what's happening, I still feel like I'm an outsider in the game of, of popping. I still feel like I'm an outsider because I've always been on the outside looking in or just on the outside, but I'm doing my own thing. So the great thing that I like, that I like now is with all the new recognition, it's given me a chance to uh, reach out to more of the generation coming up and share, eh, share what I do know and give what I can give. So that's like the best thing is being able to do that now. And that, and being able to like, you know, pass the dance along. So that's the great thing about what's happening now that I'm able to share with more people than ever. Now I can share with people all around the world. And you know, that's what's happening. Yeah, that, that's nice. And you talked a little bit. This question is not on the on the list, but I want to know it. Okay. You talked a little bit about feeling like a stranger in the scene. And this has something to do with the fact that you're from another state and another region. Or yeah, well. Yeah, it has, you know, to do with that, I'm like, because, you know, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Chicago, and, you know, just kind of like, 
in between, and this is not a, uh, a knock, it's just like my, how I look at it for me. It's like, for me, for like I, I, for a long time, I've been in between nothing and nowhere, even though I've, I've traveled all over the world, popping and everything, but nobody really knew who I was, you know? And it was a point where people would be like, from Chicago, y'all got poppers in Chicago? For real? Man, because Chicago was mainly known uh, for house music, you know? So that, that was the thing. So um, that's why for me, like I said, I feel like I'm an outsider. I mean, even, even today, to be honest with you, a lot of people still don't know. At least I, I may be underestimating things, but I feel like a lot of people still don't know who I am or whatever. And like I used to tell my friends, you got to get comfortable with this one thing. You got to get comfortable dealing with your own cosmic insignificance. Because Billions of people don't know who you are, and deep into that, they don't care who you are. So I kind of use that to keep me grounded. So whatever little recognition I'm get, getting in the overall scheme of things, <laughs> there's about maybe 7 billion plus people that don't know who the hell I am. So, but that's cool. <laughs> so, that, but... It's a good thing, man. And I appreciate everybody out there, everybody out there who does recognize me. Shots out. Peace. <laughs> it's nice. So now I got a few questions about your legacy with Robot Mafia. Mm -hmm. And the first one, also you told me that Robot Mafia officially started in 2005. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's uh, correct. But the roots of the group go back to the 80s and mm -hmm. the official members. And mm -hmm. well, tell us about the history and how it started, how you guys got together, how you guys met, met each other, and how you, you guys came up with the crew. Okay, well, here's, here's something else that I like to, another little metaphor I like to use. Okay, so we're going to talk about the roots and the fruits right now. So the fruit that everybody sees right now is the robot mafia. But here's the root of the robot mafia. Uh, I started with a, a, a group called the uh, Electric Funketeers back in 79. So that was the first group I was ever in. And that, that group was uh, headed by uh, Cold Wave, Jerry White, and uh, David Sweetwater Hoskins, that, that was their group, and they just let me, it, it, it let me in it. Now, the funny thing about that is I had started my, my own group called the Electric Funketeers already. So when I met them, it was like, well, who the real Funketeers, man? I said, well, it's more, and they were better than me. So I was like, well, I'll join up with y'all because y'all are really great and I can learn. So from that group, then I went on, like, say, 82, 81, 82. And I started a group called the Street Patrol. And that, that had, like, you know, uh, myself, uh, you know, Cobra. Uh, Cobra. Cobra. He was in that group. You know, Cold Wave was in that group. We had, like, a lot of great members in that, in that group. And so what happened, so we went with that. And then, you know, like most things that uh, 
faded away. Uh, and then, like I was saying about, then 2005 came, because I had actually quit dancing all together for a while. So 2005 came and, and um, we were dancing again. I was like, oh man, it's like, well, let's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe try something new. Maybe try something new. I said, and then I was watching TV. I'm gonna tell you the origin of the name. Uh, I was watching TV, I was watching Futurama, and they had like the robot mafia. I was like, robot mafia. I was like, man, dude, let's be the robot mafia, man. Let's let's he's like, yeah, robot mafia. Yeah. So so it was me and Pat, and then we had linked up with Chuck when he came to Chicago. So it was us three. So we were like the only uh the oh, oh. and also we had uh another member, Space Capital. So we added uh, Space Capital, so it was like um, us four. So, so we were like the first, I think maybe the only OG popping group in Chicago for some years. And then, you know, with the internet and everything, I was like, man, dude, we gotta get outside. You know, we gotta like get outside of Chicago. So I'm like, let's go international. I mean, like, people all over the world. So, and that led to Robot Mafia International, which is where we are now, steady expanding with our goal is to like spread the love of popping all over the world and share it with the good people. And also you probably know this, but so everybody will understand that y'all criminals like, no, 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 no. The Robot Mafia actually stands for, the Mafia part actually stands for mechanical, Animated funk infused artistry. Bang. So that's why we're robot mafia. Now there's a uh, another one. I can't remember this one because Chuck came up with this. It's it's masters or something something. Chuck, don't be mad, baby. I'm sorry, but so we have two meanings of it, and that's like for the OGs because the OGs, you know, masters. So it's like okay, so masters influencing funk something whatever. We'll put it up on the site for those who want to know that. So that's where we are now. So this is, uh, you know. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, that will be the next question, what the mafia stands for. Well, and see, now you know. <laughs> that's what we stand for. And just to throw on top of that, the other thing is with that, that's a way to create. You know, if you take, if you take and break that down, mechanical, Damn, that's part of the dance, right? You know, so you take that animated, that's another part of the dance. Those are like the some of the core, uh, uh, core components in popping. You take the mechanical, take the animated, you take the funk, and you infuse that. And artistry is what you do with the dance. So that's how that all works together. Like for last question, if future doesn't have it anymore, I like to, to ask what you think were the three most important historical moments or three most important people in the history of Turing for you? Like the landmarks of Turing for you. Now that's a good one right there. Let me uh, think the three most important uh well in no particular order 
because uh, I'm just gonna like kind of think about people who like uh, did the tut and and got it out there to the world. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Wiggles because he was like, I would say he is also because he's like one of the best tutters ever. So and be, so he was out there doing it and that really like, uh, you know, blew it up. So I'll say Mr. Wiggles. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, I'm, I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me, but I can't get you all. So I'm going to go with, uh, like a lot of people may not have heard of this guy, but he was really great. Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed. Uh, Mr. Reed. Yes. Uh, man. Very influential. And then somebody else that a lot of people may not have seen, but his influence is like everywhere, especially with the Egyptian bang, because he influenced me a great deal. Uh, Daryl Stokes. Yeah, Stokes. When Stokes starts tutting, man, you know. And then I'll go to one unofficial person. That, not a person, but I'm going to go to my main inspiration that inspired everybody. Mr. Bugs Bunny. Yep. That, see, if, if I had a picture of a grandmaster on my wall, it would be Bugs Bunny hitting, it'd be Bugs Bunny. Because that was the dude right there that, that kind of kicked it all off. So I'll say those three, and then Bugs Bunny, he's like the, he's something like, like the god of tutting, because he's like, you know, no one hits it like Bugs. And so, so those would be my three plus the one. Three plus one, main inspirations and main historical moments. Okay, I guess Future has another question here in the chat. Let me read it. Okay. How do you choose or do you choose specifically who you pass on your legacy and teachings to? It's based, it's based mostly on who has the passion or the movement or based or anything else. So how do you choose your students? Well, uh, okay, well, it's like this. When I, when I look at students, well, see, it's like this. The first determination I have to make as a teacher, I have to see like, what is it for them? Is it a hobby? Is it a passion? Like some people, it's a hobby. So with them, they have you know, just regular, you know, I work with them. For those that it's a passion, it's different. All right, okay, well, hmm, okay, this person right here, because hobby, you can be good. Passion will make you great, okay? Combined with the work ethic and all of the other stuff, that will make you one of the best ever. So far as like when it's passing it on, uh, that's the main thing that I look for is the passion and the willingness to work because that's like the main thing. When I tell people how hard you have to work, I'll say 99.9% .9 of the people drop out. 
They're like, oh, that's too much. And that's okay. But me personally, I'm willing to share and, and give it to anybody that has that. If you have that, that's all you need. I'm like, okay, that's all you need. Just give me that. I don't care if you have zero skill or whatever, but you have the passion and you want it so badly. Like, oh, I just want it. You can't tell the lick. You, know, you can't even pop, but I don't care. If you got the passion, the heart, and you are willing to work, we will do it. Nice, nice. So since we're talking about how you choose the students and passing on the tradition and the skills and the knowledge, how can people find you? If, if anybody wants to learn from you, how can people find you and get in contact with you to learn? Okay, well, um, due to my recent little uptick in popularity, I'm easy to find. You can find me on uh, Instagram, T-Bugs. You can find me on Facebook as Taunts Griffin T-Bugs. Those are like the two main, uh, two, main, uh, two main best ways to catch me. You can always DM me. Uh, I will get back to you. Not always like the next day because a lot of people be hitting me up in that inbox, man. And sometimes it takes me a while to, to get down there. But that's like um, the great best way to catch me, you know. And I and I definitely, the thing is, uh, I definitely answer everybody. It takes, it takes a while, but I feel like if people, until I, if I ever get too big where I can't do it, but for right now, I can't. Because if people take the time out, like I try to tell dancers, if people take the time out to leave a comment on your video, take the time out to respond to that and say, oh, thanks, bro. I appreciate it or something. Drop a heart. Let them know that you, I read your comment. Because nice. what I see sometimes from a lot of dancers, I don't say anything. I just kind of, oh, man. I see people like, leaving all these great comments for them. And they don't respond, they don't say nothing. I'm like, you gotta connect with your audience. You know why you gotta connect with your audience? People make stars. The people make you what you are. You do the work, but it's the people that's gonna determine your success. Because if people don't like you, you're going nowhere. And like I tell people, being the best is not a guarantee of being the most popular. It's like two different things. So I say this, interact with your audience. I say that to you and every, anybody else. When you're starting out, you're not no damn superstar. Interact with your audience. Interact with your damn audience. They like what you're doing. Give them some love. That, that's my thing. I'm like, come on, man. So that's why I try to be like, do you always? But yeah, because that takes time. To... So I just take a little time to go, oh, thank you very much. Appreciate your comment. Man, that's how you make fans. Nice. Nice. And Future is asking him, is, is asking here, like, what are your pet peeves in popping and cutting? like people dancing on pajamas or something like that? Well, now in tutting, okay. 
Well, number one, uh, number one pet peeve would be uh, the dead arm. Having a dead arm and tutting, that is a mortal sin of just how could you? And that just means simply one arm working, one arm dead, literally hanging at your body, or you do this. Other pet peeve, and you know, I just, it's just an observation. Like, it's just something that I wish would change. Uh, Sometimes tutting is just not funky. Sometimes tutting is boring as hell because sometimes it can be too technical. When people watch that, one thing about technicality, it doesn't draw you in. Because if I'm just like, I'm so technical, like that. Then somebody comes out with, say, maybe four tut moves, but they're like, funky, bam, boom, ah, boom, crap, boom, ah, boom, what? It's like, oh, damn. So I think the thing is now is to find a way to infuse tutting with some funkiness, man. Because I'm going to be honest with you, 90% of the tutters out there, it ain't funky. It looks well rehearsed, which is cool. But if you're talking about pure funk and that spontaneity where you don't know what the hell that next move is going to be. Well, if you do know what it's going to be, you can't wait to see it because dude is so damn funky with it. Like, oh, man, her. And the other thing is, it will be nice. Not, not that you have to, because there's so many different touch styles. But one thing about tutting that kind of makes your, that make your tutting jump like that, if you put a hit in. See how that just, see how that jumped out? Bam, just like that. So putting hits in your tut, one night, you're here. You put a tut, the next night, bam, like, whoa. So that's the importance of putting a hit in there, you know, or being able to have that ability to put it in there. You know, it ain't got to be super hard, but just put it in there. You, you saw the difference it just made. Because people say, and I, I tell everybody right now, as a tutter, to be honest, I'm all right. What makes me seem good? Because I put hits in my tuts. I put twisted flexes in there. I put waves in there. I put a lot of stuff in there. But you do that right now. You know, my thing is this, man. You know, I'm going to use, use you as an example. You're tutting. You got twister flux happening, waves happening. That's dope. And I put it to you like this, man. I see a lot of uh, tutters. Well, I ain't gonna say a lot, but I've seen some tutters that are way, way better than me. But I love it because they're doing, they're putting the hits, the twister flexes, and all the other stuff in there, and they're putting the personality in there, like Future does that. You know, that's why I'm like. Man, that's dope. And the other thing I would tell people is, uh, hey, you can put any, and this is where my bias kicks in, but it's all right. You can put anything in tutting. Any style that you see, you can convert it to tutting. 
And me and Future demonstrate that at the breaking out the box. You can take your tut into a whole nother level by not segregating it so much. There's, there's a life lesson in there also, but I'm not gonna mess with that right now. So, uh, and I would also say, until then, you know, definitely check out me and Future's boot camps because we show you how to do that. We show you how to make your tutting you, not just an imitation. Be you, find yourself in the dance. What is dancing? Dancing is music made visible. That's your job as a dancer, take that music that's invisible and make it visible so we can follow along your story. So, and we like to, that story to be unpredictable at times. So if you, if you see me, I'm so technical, I'm killing it, but you know what's happening. And you just seen about 20,000 people hit the same thing. So you're like, I know how this goes. Then somebody else comes out all over the place. You don't know what the hell's going on. You know why you don't know what's going on? Because they don't know. They just hit it. That's when you get into the flow, you know, with your tucks. And just for the record, uh, there's a way to be funky with the technical stuff too. But you got to come to the boot camp to find that out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yes, we're businessmen. Hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, since you're talking about the boot camp, tell us what you're working on right now, what your current projects and what you're doing right now with dance. Oh, boy, what I'm doing right now, well, what I'm doing right now is uh, I'm like committing to paper, like writing it down, uh, the ingredients, or I would say the way to teach the Egyptian bang. So I'm breaking it down like, like every move, the foundations, you're talking about the hits, the locks, the rocks, the bangs, the waves, the animation, the twistle flexes, the footwork, the stepping patterns. It's a big project. I didn't know it was gonna be this big, but uh, I'm doing that because, um, you know, one thing about being an OG, old guy, I get older and older every day. And as you get older, you don't lose stuff. That's no dancer out dances for the time. He's undefeated in every battle. He will get you eventually. So what I'm trying to do is because I know I can't dance forever is to write all this stuff down. And while I can still do it, uh, teach it. You know, show it to like people like yourself and other people do, that are interested. So that's my main thing that I'm doing right now. So that's like my big dance project, along with uh, you know me and Future also doing what we can to push it out there uh, to the world. That's a good question, man. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. So, well. No more questions for me, I guess. Future doesn't have any more right now. So I just gotta finish by saying thank you again for giving us your time, for being here with us and sharing your knowledge with us. 
And for anybody who wants to contact Master T Bugs in the in everything below the video and information, we'll have a way for you to reach him, to enter in contact with him and learn from him and learn the legacy of the Egyptian bang. And thank you for being here with us, Master. Thank you. Oh, well, no problem. Thank you for having me. This was a nice, fun, short interview. I love these things, you know, so uh, I appreciate that. And shout out to everybody out there, dancing, period, especially this particular dance, because I'm biased. I love the popping. So let's just keep the popping going forever. Let's make it a standard thing being taught in colleges, schools, and everything. You know, that's that's our other goal. We want to get this this dance in schools, like college and stuff like that. Make it legit to where you could do this for the rest of your life and, and earn a living. So that's all I want to like, you know, leave with. So I'd like to thank you guys once again for interviewing me. It's always fun. Thank you, Brother Marco, Robot Mafia dude. Robo Mafia. Yes. Robot Mafia RM too. Thank you. Thank you for this.